This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on Rhode Island. The island of Rhodes. Yes. Quote unquote landed because it's a small thing. Yes. <laughs> I was like wet landed. <laughs> yeah, these small states, y'all, we really tried to hit them for you guys with our darts of justice, but like, <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> but it was impossible. We were landing in the ocean. We were hitting all the big states around them. So these small states, we hand curated for you. We got real close and threw it. <laughs> got real close and pushed it into the corkboard. <laughs> Um, so we're going to talk about a town called Warren, Rhode Island. Okay. So they had an actual, like, they, there was a family there called the Jamal family. Okay. Or Jamil. Um, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it. But the town of Warren and the Jamil family were really synonymous with one another. Okay. They were the town. And where I read, they said that if you drove down Main Street, you it proved it. So you would see the shoe store, the okay. Jamal tax services, the Jamal children's clothing store, law offices. And there was even a park named after this family. Oh. All in all, this family had 13 kids and they were all siblings. Okay. And we're going to talk about the oldest who was named Amon. Okay. Uh, he Amon. was Amon Warren. Um, when he, he grew up, he opened up or took over a general supply store. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and so the town really talked about him as like the unofficial mayor of the town. He was the person to go talk to. People really loved him. Interesting, and listened to him. Do we know how, like, so we know that Amon is the oldest. Do we know how old he was out of the 13 siblings? I didn't find that. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I was just curious. But he had a family. I mean, if he... Oh, he was 60. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. He was 60 at the time. Okay. Um. Wow. Opened up a general store or took over the general took, store. Yeah, he was running the general store. Considered to be the mayor by all of the townsfolk. Town <laughs> I hate that we say the words right the same words. Uh, that's because we're on the same length wavelength. I agree. Don't know what that was. So Amon's general supply store was thriving. He everyone came to it. Everyone wanted to come talk to him and bought things from the store because I mean that was the place to be. Yeah. But in the late 1970s, some trouble started happening. Oh, no. And he noticed that, like, his daily purchase receipts and deposits weren't matching up. Somebody stealing. Mm -hmm. Amon was like, not today. This is my business. This is my livelihood. You ain't going to steal from me. Well, and it just kept happening and kept happening. Okay. And it was smaller amounts. But then in January of 1978, more than $4,000 was stolen. Damn. From a hiding place in the store, which in the 70s, that's, a, I mean, like, that could equate to, like, eight to 10,000, I believe. That's wild. 
Yeah. Why wasn't it in the bank? Well, it was, I I don't know why it wasn't in the bank, but I'm sure he was keeping money on hand. True. That's wild. So, like, the whoever this was was stealing small amounts of money, like 20 here, mm-hmm. 10 here, a dollar here, and all of a sudden just really escalates to 4,000 American doll hairs. In the 70s. That's wild. I know. It is. That paid rent for a while. Well, then, and two months later, in March of 78. Okay. Something weird happened. Not weird. Sad. Okay. But all of a sudden, the general supply store was destroyed by a fire that the police believe was intentionally set. What? I know. There's not a lot of information about that's weird leading up to this and why, but it was just all of a sudden this general store was set on fire and they don't know why and they don't know who. Weird. Okay. I feel like we have like unsolved mysteries within the main yeah. unsolved mystery. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like inception of unsolvedness. Right. Thank goodness no one was in the store when there was oh, a fire. Absolutely. My first thought was like, did he live like above the store? Because no. that in smaller towns like that is what if you had the general supply store, you had an apartment above the general supply store and you lived there. Yeah. But obviously as a family, he's older, but he's older. He wasn't living above the general I'm store. Ha- I'm happy to hear that nobody was injured. Yeah. So Amon was really intent on rebuilding the store he vowed he would do it and he was ready to get that started but six days later Amon was supposed to go to dinner in Newport with his wife uh, Marcel and his son Jonathan okay and then according to witness testimony Amon got a phone call and for some reason then he called his wife and son, and told them to go to dinner without him. Okay. So they did. And then Amon's wife and son returned to their house. And it was actually Marcel's birthday dinner. So he was missing out on his Oh, I'd be pissed. Right? Ooh, if that was Kyle. I know. That's the thing. Like, this is your wife's birthday dinner, and you're missing out because you got some sort of phone call. You better have a good excuse. Right. And I ain't leaving this house until you give me that excuse. But they were already out. So, yeah. Okay. Um, But I'm sure she was pissed the whole time. I would be mad. Me too. My husband doesn't come home or come to dinner for For my my birthday. birthday. It wasn't just a random Tuesday. It wasn't just like a family dinner. No. It was my birthday. Birthday. The day I would not be here had I not had it. <laughs> it's a very unique and personal situation, okay? It would not be this day if I was not birthed. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, when Marcel and John came back home, they found a very gruesome sight. Oh, no. They walked in and they found Amon laying dead in the shower. In the shower? And Amon's body was found, up- like, so it was upstairs in their bedroom. Okay. In the shower. The water was not on. Okay. 
but he was riddled with bullets. There were a ton of bullets. Was he like naked? Like, was he taking a shower? Yeah, he was taking a shower. The investigators actually said that they could still see the steam that was coming from the water when they arrived. So there was still steam coming from the hot water. Got it. Weird. Yeah. He was shot six times in the head. Okay. And four times in the stomach. Wow. And one bullet actually grazed his head. That is excessive. It's very excessive. You can't claim that was an accident. No. Who Accident. People no. no, people do. And then there's gunshots. They always claim it was an accident. But then when, like, you're shot multiple times, it's like, clearly it was a crime of passion and not... A hundred times. Well... And what's weird is that they believe the gun was a 32 caliber Harrington Richardson revolver. Okay, very specific. But the thing is, and it was actually missing from the store. It was a gun that was in the general store. And after the fire, they couldn't find it. But they couldn't find the gun inside the house either after the shooting. So the person who set the store on fire is the same person who took the gun and shot Amon. Mm -hmm. Put me on the case. This gun didn't hold 11 bullets. Okay, so you... (laughs) What? You mean to tell me this person, like, pop, pop, reload, reload, pop, pop, reload, reload. Yes. 11 times? Well, yeah, I mean, there's probably six bullets, so they probably reloaded once. If it's a revolver, it's still very intent. You're intent on killing this person. And it's like, I'm I'm sure six was enough. Apparently not. What did Amon do to you? Eleven. Not saying anybody has an excuse to do that. Like, you shouldn't do that to anybody, but. At all. Holy crap. I know. That is wild. Yeah. It's super sad. Um, but <laughs> it's just in when I read that, I was just like, I cannot believe someone had that much Hate? hatred. Yeah. For somebody to shoot them 11 times. That much hate. On God. Sounds exhausting. Right. Like, I don't I can't fathom that. It's. I don't that's have... more why we're not murderers. Like I can't fathom I can't <laughs> fathom killing somebody. Like that's crazy. Like I can't imagine like in my life, I cannot imagine getting so angry and so worked up that I'm like, I'm gonna kill somebody. I can't I don't understand it. It's not No. It, my brain doesn't work like that. I don't even know if I could kill somebody if they were attacking me. Mm, yeah. Maybe like kick up. I could hurt them. I'd fight back. I'd fight back, but I don't know if I could be like pop, pop, pop or yeah, stabby, stab. Stabby, stab. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If they were attacking me, maybe. Like if they stabbed me, I feel like I get to stab you back. Right. I do want to like, I will protect myself. Yeah. But I just can't even fathom like. Oh, the act of doing it? Yeah. No, <laughs> absolutely not. But I'm, it's like we would never know unless we're in that situation. Yeah. And I. Hope and pray that we never are. Right. 
There were no fingerprints collected and there was no sign of forced entry to the house as well. So who worked at the general store with them on? Family. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Okay. So when the detectives were interviewed, they said that this whole scene was really cruel and very cold because of the issue of this person reloading the revolver and yeah. shooting again. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm and still so, stuck on that too. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's so that's so wild. So this the case was really tough for the police department to manage. And it took like a really devastating blow okay. right after the murder. Okay. So there was utter chaos going in because everyone knew this family. Everyone knew Amon. And everyone was the mayor. Yeah. Everyone started talking about it. And they made a really horrible mistake. Oh, no. Okay. And they didn't post a guard on the scene overnight. And so when they came back, so they instructed people. They instructed everyone not to go into the room or not to enter it or whatever it may be. But Marcel that night went into the bathroom and cleaned the entire crime scene. Oh, Lord. I can see why she did it. Right? But, like, you were told not to, Marcel. So when the police department came back the next morning, the room was spick and span. Oh, no, Marcel. (laughs) There is no blood, no fingerprints, because, again, they didn't take any the night before either. They didn't have a crime scene unit or whatever. Yeah. Come take fingerprints or samples. Marcel done fucked up the crime scene. She did. And which potentially was the reason that this whole uh, murder is unsolved. Because she washed away the evidence, she literally. Washed, she washed away the evidence. That's wild. hmm I also can see, like, why somebody would do that. hmm Like, I feel like I would be very emotionally distraught if I was in the house. Yeah. And I knew that, that was, that's what was upstairs in my bedroom. Like, I would know. I actually, personally, I don't think I would have stayed there. Oh, never. But, like, also, I guess maybe Warren is such a small town to where maybe she didn't have anywhere else to go. I mean, she probably could have found somewhere. But I know, you know, when we're stressed about something, some people want to clean and keep their hands busy. Busy, yeah. She probably didn't want to see that blood everywhere. Fair. And she just wanted to clean it up. That's wild. That's sad. Yeah, because like you said, you just you just don't know. Like that, it could have been solved. Like if there was if there was one fingerprint, we could have had the answer. Yep, a hundred percent. Or did she know who did it? I don't know. She was trying to protect somebody. Maybe this is how my mind works. Everybody, <laughs> this is decades of investigation <laughs> discovery built into this brain. A hundred percent. The police department tried to get the grand jury to investigate, and they never wanted to charge anybody or wanted to dive into this further because they could never find the gun. Okay. 
And then in 1984, eight years later, a suspect was identified. Ooh. Guess who they thought it was? Who? Jonathan, the youngest son of Amon. Oh, the one that the, was supposed to be at, at dinner with his mama? Yeah, and that's the thing. They note that it. they said Jonathan was supposed to be at the birthday dinner with his mom in Newport. Okay. And so... Was that just a cover? We don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I see you, Jonathan. So the grand jury investigated Jonathan, and... In 1986, they filed a subpoena and the Superior Court identifying him as a suspect in his father's okay. murder. Okay. And then they requested, the subpoena requested like bank records and testimony from acquaintances. Okay. Um, these acquaintances also told the police that Jonathan wore expensive clothes and jewelry, ate at really expensive restaurants, and he said he would be coming into a lot of money in the near future. Who did he tell that to? His little acquaintances. Oh, Jonathan did it. But we don't have evidence, apparently. <laughs> we don't have evidence. Because Marcel. <laughs> see, that's why I think she, that's why I think, I think Marcel knew. Mm-hmm. And she know. was trying to protect her son. She didn't want her son to go to jail. Moms do crazy stuff for, to protect their children. It is true. <clears throat> now, what's even more screwed up is that the grand jury proceedings became tainted and became okay. inadmissible because a clerk released the subpoena to a journal reporter. And then that, like, shifted all the focus to a breach of secrecy from the grand jury. Okay. And so ultimately, the grand jury declined to return an indictment because of all of this and the lack of evidence. Yeah, we don't have we don't have the smoking gun. Pun intended. Right. To put him away. Right. We need to find that gun. Well, <laughs> now, John. Said in sometime in 1978, so after the the fires. He said an unnamed family member and an unnamed employee hid in the basement of the hardware store, the general store. And John says that he saw him and the murder victim, Amon, his dad. And he asserts that the same night the unnamed family member came into the house reeking of gasoline. So the night of the fire, he saw the family member and Amon in the basement, and then the family member came over later, and he reeked of gasoline. So he thinks it was like a... A family member. Hmm. A different family member. Interesting. And, why? Well, so, and Amon says, Amon, um, John says that this family member had, like, a history of parental physical abuse directed towards... I'm on. Okay. So there's just a lot of rumors going on and yeah, weird stuff. And he said, she said. And then on March 19th, so six days later from the fire, I believe. Mm -hmm. That same family member, and this is all John's testimony, that same family member threatened him on with his gun. 
And then on that same day, John also said that the unnamed family member told Amon he had evidence related to the fire. And Amon told his wife and John to visit relatives in Newport that day, that same day. Okay. So who is this family member? Jonathan. I couldn't find the family member, but the article I was reading said that um, he doesn't mind telling people who the family member is. Okay. But they didn't want to. And I read a couple articles and they both all had a name family member. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's somewhere out there. I just couldn't find it. Interesting. Well, and I wonder if they were trying to keep it under wraps, too, because they didn't want, like, information to get out Mm -hmm. to, like, where that person would get clued into where. But, I mean, if you hear these stories and you know it's you, I feel like you would be destroying evidence. Right. John also says that the family, the unnamed family member met with Amon at the house when they were out in Newport. And he also says that the Warren police saw this person speeding towards Connecticut that same night. And he said that that family member was burning his deceased father's clothes in the yard that night. I don't know where they're getting that information from. This is all, again, John's testimony. Okay. But years later, in 2006, John also is claiming that this family member told him and his mother that he killed Amon. So like 20 years later, he's saying that this family member confessed confessed to him. So everyone's pointing their hands at John for some reason. Yeah. And John is saying this family member did it. Which it makes... It makes sense, I feel like, why we're pointing fingers at John. And it's because, conveniently, you are the only person that has all this information. Right. You're the only person this, quote-unquote, unnamed family member has confessed to killing your father. Well, you're the- and he, But he confessed to the mother, too, but the mother died in 2008. Okay. And so there's no one to cooperate the story. Yeah, see, I I don't know. I I to me it may it it, it makes sense why eyes are on John. Right. He well, seems to be at the center of everything. And it's also weird that he was wearing expensive jewelry and clothes and going telling out- people that he was going to be coming into money. Right. But John is just saying that the police department and the grand jury, everybody just like screwed up the whole entire investigation, including his mother because she did clean. Okay, but the police department it, they were at fault because they didn't post a police officer outside, yeah, the room, and so everyone is trying to blame somebody else because they want to protect themselves, yeah, that's usually how the cookie crumbles, right, so yeah, that's I mean that's all the information that there was there, okay, and fascinating it was. If anyone has any information, please reach out to Warren PD Mm -hmm. in Rhode Island. John. (laughs) Go talk to the police. John has talked to the police. (laughs) I don't know. I don't trust John. Right. But we'll never know. We'll never know. It's unsolved. Absolutely. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com, and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast, My Village Productions.